1: Welcome to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where we keep you motivated, inspired, and thinking big. Upleveling into quantum revenue is a choice that we can all make in any moment and then continue to make that choice to stay in that space each day. On this podcast, Ursula will share revenue growth strategies to reach your next level and introduce you to CEOs just like you who are making it happen. What's your next quantum leap going to be? See it, own it, and take that first step. If this is you, then Ursula wants to invite you to join us at the next 2X Intensive now. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. You're listening to Quantum Revenue Expansion with your host, Ursula Menchez. Let's go.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Quantum Revenue Expansion, the podcast. Super excited to have you back today because I have a very special guest, Shanti Zak, and she and I are going to be talking about how to turn questions into portals of possibility and profit. I mean, how does it get better than that? Welcome (laughs) to the show.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I always know, like, I just know when a show is going to be great. And I, I kept feeling like when you're coming, I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. And I don't even, I didn't even yet know all the things that you do. So I'm just more and more intrigued. So I'm excited to dive in because on Quantum Revenue Expansion, we love talking about all things money, how to bring more profit in so we can make lots of money, give back to organizations we care about and live a great life. That's the whole thing about that book right there, right? So so that's like, the, we hold that, that, that belief in that space. Before we dive in, before I introduce you... For our listeners, if you haven't yet, you can go to ursulainc.co. Just go to the homepage. We have a course called Quantum Revenue Expansion. It's free. It's like a $1,000 value. We love giving it away. If you haven't done it yet, grab it because there's three things that we do. One, we talk about how to grow your quantum revenue container. Two, we talk about how to up-level your packages, prices, and marketing because often that's hard to do. So if you 2x your revenue, you realize like, I'm probably not charging enough. I'm not sure about my packages. So I help you shift that. And then in the third part, we talk about how to collapse time and get there even faster, which if you're hanging out on the Quantum Revenue Podcast, you know that that's what you want. So definitely grab that free course if you haven't yet. And also, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review. If you listen on Spotify, if you listen on iTunes or all the other places that I think we're showing up according to my podcast team, definitely just leave a review because it helps other people you know, figure out if the course is for them. And of course we love that. And when you do it, come back and go to Ursula forward slash giveaway, because we have a special gift for you. Say thank you. All right. That's all the things. Let me tell you about Shanti. Shanti is the creator of the empathy marketing ecosystem. She's a quiz funnel strategist, which I started to learn about. And then I'm like, oh, don't tell me we'll talk about it on the show, a quiz funnel strategist, growth consultant and coach that's obsessed with psychology, no wonder I like you. Interactive marketing and getting brag-worthy results for her students and clients. She believes boring is the boring is the enemy. Neutral, neutral is a death sentence, and real talk is the way of the future. Isn't that the truth, right? In her spare time, you can find her hanging with her, count them, three kiddos, learning how to homestead. I'm gonna have to ask about that. Or binge watching Chef's Table. Learn more about Shanti on her website. Um, shantizak.com. And we'll have all of that in the show notes as well. So I have so many questions for you already. So tell us, tell us your story first. Like what brought, what, what's the trajectory that has brought you to this now moment as we're sitting here? Oh my gosh.
2: Well, it's a long story, but I will give you the short version. So Perfect. I started, I was working as a chef And hence why I love chef's table so much. I love food. And I got pregnant with my first child and realized I needed to shift. I did not want to be living the lifestyle of working in a restaurant whilst having a small child. I wanted to be with him. And I looked at my skill set and asked myself, what can I do? And so I started a food blog. I thought that would be my ticket to uh, making money online, having my own business. And it it taught me a lot. And in some ways, I think if I tried it today, I could make it successful. But back then, I, I quickly realized after probably six months of doing this food blogging thing, it's quite challenging to make any um, meaningful amount of money, posting recipes and yeah. stories on the internet. So I, I sort of pivoted and I was approached by multiple people asking if I would write recipes for them and then eventually write articles for them. Cause my blog was on like paleo health and wellness stuff. And, and I had some, some insight there. So I started writing articles for other people. And that again, very difficult to make meaningful money writing 50 reasons to use coconut oil every day, right? So so, yeah, so from there, I discovered copywriting. And suddenly there's this um, way of using my, my skills as a writer, but in a way that other people perceived as incredibly valuable and that there's no real ceiling to what you can charge for, say, a sales page. I know copywriters that charge 50 grand plus a revenue share to do a sales page. And so I went in that direction. and, And to be honest, I still struggled. It got better and better, but I was still on this revenue roller coaster. And when I was offered an in-house full-time position working for a spiritual development company, I jumped on it because at that point, all I wanted was stability. So I worked with them for about a year. I was in charge of literally everything to do with messaging, positioning, course development, all the sales funnels, audience growth, list building, all of that. So we were constantly putting together new lead magnets for new courses and, and everything was sort of just stagnant. Like nothing was really moving the needle until I, I did a quiz for them. I didn't know what I was doing. I just had free reign and I, and I had the ability to say to the team, let's try this. Yeah. So we did. And, and it was like the most successful Uh, Lead gen method by far that we'd ever seen that I think they'd ever seen in your history of the company, and and I knew I was on to something. I didn't know exactly what, but a few months later, I they laid me off, and I was like, okay, what now? I'm I'm gonna go out on my own again. I'm gonna try this again. I know I need an, a strong, tight niche, and I think I'm going to run with this quiz thing because that worked so incredibly well. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear more. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and so I was terrified. I didn't know if it would work for other industries. I didn't know if it was just a fluke, but I, you know, I had some, some mentors and coaches in my life that were like, no, this is unique. No one's doing this. You have a strong case study, run with it and see what happens. And, and within six months of that, I basically had a six figure business doing just this one thing and it was working for every niche that I tried it in at every level of business from people selling high ticket coaching to a uh, low cost membership.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just want to stop you. I'm going to say congratulations because you know, it's, it's, you went super niche and we can, we hear the thing niches are in the riches, but sometimes our riches are in the niches. Sorry. But sometimes that's can be a little intimidating and a little risky. And we're like, oh, I don't know. And yet you did it and you've proven it. And so tell us, so it sounds like at that like six months, you kind of hit this like, whoo, next level. Like, was there a moment where your annual income became your monthly income or you started from zero or where you just felt like there was more money at the end of the month than bills?
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. I was, I was not that person who was like doing okay before I started my own business. Like I always struggled financially and, um, ever since I like, you know, went out on my own. I never went to college or university. I like barely graduated high school. And I think for a number of years, I probably made like 12 to $15,000 a year. So absolutely. When that shift happened, it was monumental and it was really exciting, but it was also really terrifying. And I was waiting for the other shoe to drop for probably two years yeah. before I really embodied that like, no, this is going to continue and I, I can do it, I can do it. Yeah. So it was a huge growth process because never did I imagine
0: that this was a possibility. So, so the, <laughs> I love that. Thank you for being so transparent because I know we have listeners all over the world who are like, yeah, that's me. And maybe I've never made that much or I'm struggling right now. I'm just feeling really stuck. So when you look back at the trajectory, what was the biggest, really the biggest myth about money or revenue that, that you had to overcome or that your coaches or healers or whoever supported that you had to overcome so that you would allow in a six figure business?
2: I thought money was the root of all evil and I was like a total hippie. I I just wanted to like live off grid and grow all my own food and subsist off of next to nothing, which I still think is great. And if you want to live that way that's that's awesome. The world would be a different place if more people embodied more of that mindset. But now the shift that occurred was like, whoa, 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 wait. I can be a good steward of this money. I can do so much good with it. If most of the money is in the hands of people who have selfish intentions, uh, no thanks. I'll take some of that. I'll do good with it. And I trust myself to do that. And I know that the more abundance that I have in my life, in my bank account, the more good I can do in the world. And I think I always saw money as something that other people have and have control of. And I I don't, I don't
0: see it that way at all anymore. Yeah. So that new belief really opened up your your willingness to accept the goodness that wanted to come to you so that you could do even greater things in the world. Okay. We have to ask about the homestead. So tell us about. so do you have amazing gardens? Like where I don't even like where tell us more.
2: Well, I'm still a total hippie at heart. My dream was always to have some land and heal that land and grow food and like for my kids to just be free range and, and have access to nature. And I think it was about a year and a half ago now that that dream we, it became real life. Like we bought seven acres in what I think is total paradise. Like there's natural hot springs, rivers, lakes, forest, world-class hiking. It's so beautiful. And, and yeah, we're just learning how to be good stewards of the land
0: and take care of it and grow food and, and get dirty. Yeah. That's awesome. And just share with our listeners. So they know where, like, where sort of are you in the world? I'm in the Kootenays in BC, Canada. Cool. Wow. That sounds incredible. So do you get to sit in the hot springs? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So when my husband and I, we live in Minneapolis now, but when we lived in Colorado, we used to go to um, Glenwood Hot Springs all the time. I don't know if you know Glenwood in, in um, the States, but anyway, so I would, I just d- would do anything. I have a lake in my backyard, which is frozen, but um, do anything for Hot Springs. So I, I love that. I love that you and congratulations on having the vision, living the dream. And, and what, and why, why can't quote unquote hippies? I'd probably, I'm probably a hippie. Like why <laughs> you really have a lot of money and make a big difference in the world. Right. So that's a stereotype that I think you've yeah. you brought up that you've been able to overcome and that, you know, we can do, we can do great things with money. And so thank mm-hmm. you. Cause we talk a lot about that mm-hmm. on this show. So I want to keep going though. because we I've got a lot of things to cover. So next you broke through probably you've broken through multiple income ceilings. What are your two best tips for our listeners on how, how to do that in their own business, especially if they're feeling stressed or like thinking it's never going to happen for them or like it's for everybody else. What would you say? Well, I think one of the big
2: things for me was getting to a place of quote unquote safety with my income. So knowing that Okay. Everything's taken care of. I've got like six months of expenses in the bank. It's all good. Yeah. And from that place of safety, I can experiment. I can move out of the energy of fight or flight. I can let go of any expectation or dependency that I, that I have on, let's say closing on a sales call. Mm -hmm. So from that place, I can push the edge, push the limit of what I believe the work we do is worthy of. Yeah, What I believe the work we do is worthy of is different from what the person I'm talking to feels. And I have to recognize that $20,000 $20,000 to them has a different meaning than $20,000 to me, to me presently a year from now, $20,000 will probably have a different meaning to me. So knowing that I can not make assumptions yeah. because I think that's a huge hurdle It's the assumption that no one will ever pay that no one will ever go for that. And it's such bullshit. Like I have tested those waters way more times than I'm comfortable with at this point. Right. And I can, and I keep doing it and I can do it from that place of, of non-attachment. Like, okay, I'm going to raise the price here and I'm going to play with this price for, I'm going to give myself a a chance. I'm not just going to say it's not working after one sales call. I'm going to give myself a chance. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does work, suddenly my story of what the value is, the perceived value evolves.
0: So that's a big one. Yeah. So really pushing the edge of what you're willing to charge and leaning into it and also being detached from it. And that, that's it. There's an art to that, right? Like all of us, I think have to feel into what that is. We were just talking about that at our CEO table recently, just like, what is allowing and how do I know I'm doing it? Or how do I know I'm not doing it? And it's, it's different for everyone. It's hard to explain that, but you feel it. You can feel it. So I think you're going to share the second one. Did you have another piece you wanted to share?
2: Yeah. So the second one sounds counterintuitive because we hear a lot as entrepreneurs, don't compare yourself, stay in your lane. Don't worry about what other people are doing. And I think there's, of course, a lot of truth to that. But I also believe there are times when comparison can be a good thing, Mm -hmm. because if you can look to people who are doing what you want to do, who are charging what you want to charge, and you can from even from like a place of neutrality as much as possible, look at them and ask yourself, like from what I can see, are they more talented than me? Are they more, uh, fill in the blank. Right. Mm -hmm. And I find most of the time the answer is, is no, like I could do that too. There's no huge monumental differences between me and this other person who is a few steps ahead of me. And from that place, I think you can leap because if you can believe that you have what it takes too, that's, that's the ticket and you can embody this energy of why not me? Why not? So instead of why me and that place of victimhood, it's like, why not me? I
0: mean, yeah, I could do this too. So good. We speak the same, we say so many similar things. Definitely the, why not me? We talk about that a lot. Like why not you? And I love the idea of like, yeah, comparing yourself from the perspective of, well, they might be a little ahead, but I can do that too. And to almost to step into their energy footprint, their, their belief system to kind of embody that so that you can just, you can keep going. It's really powerful. And that's a great, that's a great practice. Thank you. So, so many things. All right. So before we, i want to hear about the quiz too. When you've, you've stepped, you've stepped into the energy of a six-figure or multi-six-figure business or wherever you are in your journey, how do you stay in that energy frequency? Or if fears come up, or you said before, like early on, it was this fear, like I had to put all this money away and there was this fear that the other shoe might drop, or there was this old, this old story that was kind of playing out. How do you stay in this space now? I am obsessed with
2: my own personal growth. And I really think that it is so tied to my ability to grow my company. So like feeding that obsession in healthy ways and trusting that the more I do that, the higher the frequency
0: will be. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So, how does that obsession show up? Does that mean working with healers? Does it mean taking training, being with coaches, reading books, be, listening to podcasts? Like, what are all yeah. your? So, what are some of your key practices?
2: Yes, all of that, absolutely. Like, always working with a coach, often multiple coaches. Um, actually, I'm doing a life coach training right now. Not because it's like the most relevant thing to my business, but I just find it so interesting. Like, how can I be my own coach too, in some ways? So that working with mentors, like being surrounded by people who I find really inspiring. And then, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'm aiming to read about a book a week and not always even necessarily nonfiction, Sure, like but just the energy of like being in a deep state of doing just one thing and and then observing like what drains my energy and what feeds it. And so like for me, I often feel so drained when I'm like in social media scrolling mode. And I'm like, okay, so I need to change this. What can I do differently? And it just having that awareness, what thoughts are, are showing up regularly and are they feeding the vision or are they trying to keep me small? And how can I shift those? Mm-hmm. Also re- recently, cause I was never really into like working out or sports or anything, but I've in probably the last two years, developed a practice of like daily movement of some form, like moving all of this stuff out of my body. And that's been really, really critical to reaching next levels consistently, because I don't feel like I can like let go of the old stuff without physical movement. That's so
0: good. Yeah it's interesting you say I remember when the pandemic hit I mean obviously we haven't been as locked down as you have been in Canada we were you know at the very beginning very locked down like everyone and I was missing my exercise practice if I, I I just started running the stairs in my house and I would do it every day and my friends thought I was crazy it was so good right just the pounding on the stairs and then I got a little treadmill and I was doing that rebounder and now I've been back at the gym because it's just it's just good to be out again and to see other humans and I don't know if you guys are at that point yet, but, um, Canada's crazy. We're just, I'm just like, okay, I
2: live in nature. I'm going to go for a hike, but I totally miss that being around
0: other people. Cause that's a whole other yes. energy. Well, I just posted two days ago. I just had a meeting with uh, my good friend and speaker agent and we had lunch together. It was just such a treat, like just to you know be out and of course again we haven't where we are in Minnesota we just haven't been as locked down as um our friends in the north for all of you and so I feel for you because luckily you do have the space that you have because it's and and hopefully hoping and praying it's coming for you soon side note. Oh, so me too. thank you. So okay. Well, I want to talk about marketing obviously that's what you do. But you do it in a different way. You have a different lens you do this quiz thing which sounds amazing it's not a quiz thing i'm sorry i'm like but I'm, that's how my brain works oh thing so and you've niched down which is incredible like you have this superpower survey funnel or whatever you so but let's let's take a step back and talk about let's just talk about marketing in general because when you're talking about the, the company you worked for before i think we've all been there where we are spaghetti against the wall we're trying every every darn thing right we, or and when you're saying scrolling through <laughs> social, I don't do that. And my team gets mad. So because I'm supposed to be commenting on things. So I try, I try really hard, but I find it exhausting. Like I wish I know it's who you follow and all the things, but there's just a few people that I want to comment on oh, all the things. Cause then you're pulled to, you should be do this marketing thing and you should hire this coach and you can do this training. And have you thought about this? And for my ADD, ADHD brain. I want to do it all. And so it can be very overwhelming. So anyway, so going back with spaghetti against the wall, and then, then you like just, you discovered something that worked really well in marketing. And I know our listeners are going to be super curious about this. So what else do you want to share uh, about the quiz? Why, like what problem does it solve for your clients? And you know, how does it, how does it help them or any case studies you have? I'd love to hear that as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. I think there's just so many shiny objects and when you are a naturally driven and curious person, you want to try them all, right? So I find it can be really hard as a business owner to know what to prioritize, what's actually important, what's actually going to make a difference. And for me personally, in my own business and with all of my clients, The importance of building an audience and in particular, an email list is at the top of the list because we know that you don't have control over the algorithm when it comes to building an audience on social, a very small percentage of people are actually seeing your stuff, engaging with it. There's so many distractions and email isn't perfect. Not everyone's going to open your emails, not everyone's going to engage, but it's, a, it's more intimate. There's no algorithm. You own your email list and you do get more exposure. If the average open rate is like 20% and the average percent of your audience that sees your stuff on Instagram is like 3%, we can see that, that there's a clear winner there. So building email lists with a a quiz, I think why it works so well is it does multiple things. One, it offers a personalized response to a problem that you know is present for your audience, but that could be for a variety of reasons, right? And it's not even necessarily a solution to a problem it can even just be deeper insight into who they are into where they're at and it feels a lot more specific than the one size fits all formula that for the most part that's the status quo right Mm -hmm. Mm so we can offer a personalized also like psychology driven result for someone that is designed to have a, like, to create a neurochemical reaction. So Mm -hmm. you, like, on the user end, they are doing some work, essentially, of Mm -hmm. answering questions. They have to stay engaged. They have to look through the lens of their own life, their own personality, to answer those questions. So that's, like, work. Right. Mm -hmm. But then there's a, there's a prize at the end of the rainbow. There's a little pot of gold and that is the result that you get. And when done intentionally, you can use that to create a dopamine release in the brain of the person who just got this result and it's lifting them up and it's making them feel good about themselves. And it's talking about their unique attributes, their strengths, what they have in common with like famous people that they might look up to. And it's giving them a precise solution that meets them where they're at. Mm-hmm. So there's then the interactive element that we like, we know in marketing, the more interactive, the better. Yeah. better it performs, the more it usually resonates, right? So it's interactive. And then sort of an underlying benefit is that it allows you as the business owner to learn more about the people coming into your world. So you can ask questions around what they're struggling with the most, what they're most interested in, what they care about, what they're working toward, uh, what level they're at. Like there's just endless to ask. And then we know that if we have the answers, we can far more intelligently create marketing and communication messages that will connect to them, that feel relevant.
0: Yeah. So do you have a case study that you want to share or a client that like just was here with their marketing and they started to work with you. Tell us about a case study.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many. Well, I, I have a feeling you're talking, we're talking to like a lot of coaches here and people who are selling maybe higher ticket.
0: Probably. Yes. A lot of service providers for sure.
2: Okay. So I'll offer a case study around that then. So, so one client I had, she, is a, was a business coach. Is still a business coach, and you know her packages are like upwards of ten k. She does retreats and all this, all this incredible stuff. So she, we created a quiz for her. Within like two weeks, she had like I don't know thirty grand in sales. Plus, someone who took her quiz loved it so much. That she was like, I want to come to your retreat in Hawaii coming up. Mm -hmm. And like without even, she didn't even know her. There was no prior relationship. Yeah. And it built enough trust and created enough likability that she was like, yeah, I'd love to spend a week with you in Hawaii.
0: Wow. So So that's fast. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the pieces that that is missing. So perfect. Well, on that note, I know we're we're going over time a little bit. I'd love. I know you have a gift for our listeners. um, And then, where else do you hang out? How do we? How can we find you?
2: Yeah. Well, if you're interested or curious about this whole quiz thing, and you're wondering how this could apply to your business, I have a very meta quiz that you can take to determine what type of quiz will work best for your biz. So if you go to shantyzack.com forward slash quiz, you can take that and, and then you'll be on my email list. And that's really the best way to connect with me. I answer all of my emails personally. So if you hit reply to that first email that you get with your results and just say, hello, I'm on the other end. And you can
0: also connect with me on Instagram at at shantyzack. Awesome. Well, Shanti Zach, it's been amazing having you here. We will have all of this in the show notes for our listeners all over the world. And we wish you an incredible rest of 2022. Thank you so much, Ursula, you too. And to our listeners everywhere, you're awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for the emails and just all the things that you send to us. You can always email us at contact at UrsulaInc.co. We'd love to hear from you. That's it for this this week, everybody. Make this your best month yet. Bye for now.
1: Thank you for joining us today. And if you are ready to make your next quantum leap, let's do it. Ursula invites you to join us at the 2X Intensive. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.